You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm here with Evan Tex Western. Save us some people, Tex. How are we doing, everybody? Good. Uh, always good when the Packers beat the Bears. Feeling good. Yeah. Uh, Rogers said earlier in the week that, uh, you know, the Bears are always tough. And I said, I love when he plays with this food like this. <laughs> and then uh, he yells at a lady who gave him the double bird and says, uh, I own you. I own you forever. Always. Uh, <laughs> this was that. This was so much fun, man. And it, it, it never gets old. You know, he's what, 22 and five or something against the Bears in his career. And it just it just never gets old. Um, he, he really is that team's boogeyman. And it's so damn much fun to watch. <laughs> I love it. I hope it never ends. They did ask him in the post-game presser, you know, about Chicago and all that. He, he got hit with the, will you, would you play in Chicago question earlier in the week, which is very weird because they just drafted a first round quarterback. That seems like a bad <laughs> question. Um, he said no, but then when they brought it up today, he said basically like this probably isn't his last time in Soldier Field, you know, as a Green Bay Packer playing against them. And I thought that that was interesting. You know, that comes back up to all the rumors about his contract structure. And then like what actually happened was he just got a year shaved off and he's still under contract next year. And they asked him in the summer, you know, do you, are you, are you uh, under the understanding that you get a pick where you play next year? And he said, that's not my understanding of the situation. So I don't know. I don't, the last Jan- dance thing, I know it's taken a, uh, the world by storm but i think like lost in all this is like rogers still under contract next year and there's nothing yep. he could really do about it he can't get tagged in 2023 but that's down the line as of now but back to this game um green bay wins by two scores i love it no no yep. suspense we didn't even have to have a randall cobb moment he, he didn't yep. even look like he was on the <laughs> field all game so we got that one in the chamber for the second round that it's gonna be fun yeah it was it was nice to to have a moment where, you know, the Packers give up a touchdown, they're only up by three points and you almost feel that, that gut crunch, you know, gut punch three and out coming that, that lets the other team back in the game. And it didn't happen. They ran right down, you know, went right down the field, scored a touchdown, got the lead back up to 10 points and coasted from there. So that was, uh, that was really nice to see the, the offense, you know, stay the, uh, the Packers offense and not kind of, just go into a weird shell uh, of itself in the fourth quarter when they needed a score to get it back up to a two possession game. Right. Um, so Elton Jenkins obviously started at left tackle today. You made a good point in your write-up yesterday that, you know, when Winfrey got called up, it was notable that Winfrey got the call up instead of Ben Braden, who had been called yep. up last week. Um, and that kind of, you know, signifies like, Hey, we don't need an extra offensive lineman. So if you don't need an extra offensive lineman, then the guy who was listed as questionable is probably going to end up playing. Yeah, and especially with Dennis Kelly being downgraded to out, that would have you would have thought that if they thought there was any chance that Jenkins wasn't playing, that Braden would have been up, or or at least one of um, 
I can't remember if there's another offensive lineman on the, on the practice squad now, but yeah, Braden would have been the guy. So that, that was pretty clear sign to me. And um, there was one, one early sack, I think that, that Jenkins gave up to Quinn, I think, but for the most part, I mean, he, he looked like Elton Jenkins playing left tackle again, which was great. How dare you forget about Cole Van Lennon? Uh, oh my on, God. On what is wrong call? with me? Crap. <laughs> yes. Wisconsin boy. What's wrong? Oh, I, I had to look it up too. To see if, uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was an extra one. Um, really the tough thing on the offensive line, I think right now is Royce Newman. Uh, you know, we kind of yeah. talked about that. I think, I don't know if it was last week or, or two weeks ago where, you know, we were talking about the offensive line playing so well, especially John Runyon Jr. You know, kind of being that surprise at guard. Um, you know, as as much of a surprise as Nyman has been in terms of like play off the bench, and you know what happens when Jenkins and Bakhtiari are healthy, and I think we came to the consensus of like you probably move John Runyon Jr. to right guard, and uh, Newman goes to the bench, and he had a couple couple bad plays today, and you know Aaron Rodgers even in the post game presser was talking about you know he calls them miscommunications. I mean, they're just letting free runners come and it seems to always be around Newman for whatever reason. Yeah. That, uh, that one blown assignment where um, Matt kind of came around on, it, it was a little bit of an inside move on the tackle. And I, I couldn't tell if it was really a, a twist or a stunt, um, but it clearly was, was Newman's responsibility to pick him up coming on the interior and he just doesn't even look at him. Um He's, he's off, you know, blocking nobody in, in the middle of the line, um, you know, gets, gets Rogers run over. So yeah, that was, that was disappointing. I mean, I, I even joked half heart, you know, half seriously with Jenkins back. Do you put him at guard now and leave Nyman out there at left tackle? Because, because Newman's been struggling a little bit. I, I don't think in this game, it probably didn't make sense to do that because of the Quinn Mac matchups on, on the edge, but um yeah, it'll be interesting to see now that Bakhtiari is at least eligible to come off the pup list. Um, I'll be very curious to see where he's at if they, you know, if they start practicing him right away on Wednesday. They're going to try to give him a little bit more time. Um, certainly with another uh, team with a, a really good defensive line coming up in Washington, um, if if he's ready to go, you're, you're getting him back out there against the likes of Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat. Yeah, and Rodgers kind of spilled the beans. Again, in the postgame presser, he was talking about he uh, Bakhtiari got brought up and he was talking about, you know, hopefully he's practicing this week. So who knows if like internally that's the conversation, but it's a possibility. And uh, who who doesn't want Bakhtiari out there? I'm sure he's chopping at the bit. I'm sure Rogers misses him. The fans want him. So there's nothing standing in the way, especially against this Washington front, which is like their, I mean, not to get into too much of next week, but like that's their win condition. It's like yeah. the off the defensive line has to just go off. That's the only way that they can win ball games right now. Yep. Yeah, and with with Josh Myers looking like he's probably going to miss some time too. That also, you know, that might be a spot where you need to to plug Jenkins in as well. Um, you know, you've got yeah. Do you put him in at center for Lucas Patrick? Do you put him in a right area guard? Move running over to to Phil Newman. Um, that was a bummer. I thought for Myers coming back after that finger injury missing last week. And then basically second play of the game, he messes up his knee and um, it sounded like it, it, they don't expect it to be a season ending injury, but that at least sounds like it's probably a, at least a short term IR stint for him for a couple of weeks at the, at the very least. Yeah. That's the exact verbiage LaFleur said in the post game presser. And I was like, 
I don't know. Is that good news or bad news? Like, it depends yeah. on whatever your expectations were. In between news, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Preston got banged up. LaFleur said no update there. I think there were so many players hurt. And then there was also a ball game, you know, that the, the reporters <laughs> had to cover that no one even got to ask a question about Darnell Savage. Um, so yeah. That's not something we're going to know until Monday. Uh, keep keep up on Acme Packing Company for updates on that one. But, yeah, I mean, guys, guys are dropping like flies, but they're coming out with wins. I mean, you can't complain about the, the record, and that's really the only thing that matters, game to game. Yeah, if they can find a way to, to get a couple of these guys back, maybe, you know, over the next two weeks before this this just awful, brutal schedule, you know, this that five-week stretch um, starts to kick in with that Arizona game in two weeks, that would be really, really helpful um, <laughs> because – that's a that's a brutal month or so leading into the, the bye week. And, you know, if they can go into that at six and one, that'd be great. Um, still want that one seed though, man. I don't want to I don't want to count on dropping any games in in that that month of November because you're going to need every one of them to, to try to get that top seed in, in the bye. Yeah. And then Arizona just can't lose a game, which yeah. is I don't understand. They don't, <laughs> they're out their head coach. They're out Chandler Jones, who's a defensive player of the year type of pass rusher. And it just doesn't matter. And then, you know, Russell Wilson's out here, like, acting like he can play games right now. He was out there warming up before Sunday night football. So I'm sure he is eyeing that Green Bay Packers game. At this point, I feel like I'd be pretty surprised if Russ wasn't back by that Packers game for whatever reason. Um, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even going to pretend to be one. Um, just gut just gut feeling on that one. Yep. Oh. You have in here fast game, only 57 plays for each team. That that's actually kind of surprising. I know Green Bay ran the ball a good amount. I'm just actually kind of surprised. You know, Chicago had a good amount of incompletions. Um, Justin yeah. Fields. Oh boy, he's gonna be a player, isn't he? <laughs> that's that whoa, twice a year he's, for the next decade. It's like, gonna be trouble. Um, he's clearly not there yet. And and but but a couple of those balls that he had, there was a there was a couple of hole shots. Um, there was one over the middle to Cole Komet, I think, um, in the fourth quarter. And obviously his scrambling ability um is is tremendous. I thought it was notable that they didn't scheme up a single designed run for him in this entire game. Um, especially knowing that that's an area where the Packers have had historically had issues is defending mobile quarterbacks, especially if you, if you scheme them um, running, you get a little zone read stuff going, but I mean, he still ended up picking up 40 yards on the ground um, just with a scrambling ability. So yeah, that even by week 17, that could be a, a major challenge um, just learning on the fly here. But yeah, this was, that was, it was, he showed a lot of the skills that I was worried about when they picked him and why I was so, you know, so mad that the Falcons decided to pass over him at four. The Falcons got to feel like jerks right now, right? You, you drafted oh, a yeah. tight end. You can barely feed him the ball. Uh, you had to trade Julio Jones because he was just frustrated at the organization. Now you're kind of left rudderless without a, you know, quarterback of the future when you had an opportunity to, and, you know, if you look at this quarterback class coming up, I mean, not to go into like draft talk right now after a game, but Spencer Rattler was stabbed as like number one quarterback prospect coming <laughs> out of uh, college football this year. And now he's benched and nope. Malik Willis isn't doing well at, at a Liberty the last two games. Um, the UNC guy, like, I, I don't Who even knows? think he's in the conversation anymore. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's not going well. Like you had a chance at a quarterback and you can't take, you can't take one now. Um, yeah. The refs, 
So oh my yeah, gosh. Equinemius St. Brown had a touchdown and they just yep. full blown just took it away from Stole him. it. Stolen. That's, That's my guy too. Like he's he's I I I stick up for him. Um and and yeah, he makes a, a tremendous play. First of all, it was very clear that he had both feet in. So how you could ever even have called that an incomplete pass on the field um is beyond me. Um and then to have the the OPI call on top of that where the the corner is still floating back upwards and back to the back line of the end zone. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that happens if EQ actually gets a, a good push off. Just it's basic conservation of momentum here, guys. That's that's not uh, if there's a push, that's not how he's he's moving towards the back of the end zone. He so. sure didn't like lock out Gosh. his elbows or anything. No. Which is like I feel like that's that's when you know if someone pushed off, right? Is yeah. when they lock out their elbows when it's full force and it's not just like them just like trying to leverage their own body into like staying mm-hmm. up, you know. That sucks. I know Bears fans are pretty mad about some of these calls. I know there was like weird stuff. Like it seemed pretty clear. Like Justin Fields was trying to call a timeout at one point and then it ended up being like a delay of game. Like I understand yep. like that stuff's weird, but there was that one. Damn there touchdown was the, off the board. Yeah. Well, and, and there was, there was also the weird one with the, the Kenny Clark jump in the snap uh, before the Darnell Savage pick in the, that, you know, Fields thought he had a free play. Um, I went, I went back and looked at that one once or twice and he clearly gets, gets off a little bit early, but the snap comes so quick that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure he actually crosses the line of scrimmage before the ball is snapped. He's moving in that direction, but I don't know that he, he actually fully got, uh, got offside. So that one was maybe a little bit more defensible. Um, but yeah, the, the, the touchdown coming off the timeout thing, there were a couple other plays there too, that, that just some weird sequences, that um, it just I, I even joked that the NFL should have fired Brad Rogers at halftime because the the way he kind of mishandled a whole bunch of stuff in the end of that second quarter. Um, it was just another choppy, ugly game to, to watch. And, and I'm convinced that the the NFL, you know, is determined to, to make their product nigh unwatchable based on the way their their refs are treating these games. It's tough, too, because like so we had like Dean Blandino working with us with the XFL and stuff, just cause it was kind of his off season, I guess. Cause he's doing TV now. Um, it's just so weird that all the good refs go to television. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And he was like, imagine if that happened to quarterbacks, imagine if Patrick Mahomes <laughs> was just like, yeah, I'm gone. I'm going to go do TV now. Like that. It doesn't make any sense. Like the, the league should be attempting to keep these referees, like the good ones, keep them in house, please. Yeah, Fox doesn't need another call-in guy. You know, that's it's not great. Um, yeah, just outside of the injuries, I mean, I'm trying to think of things that showed up well for Green Bay. You know, they talked in the post-game presser about how they were trying to run outside zone and stuff, and it wasn't really working against that front. So they had to start going into gap scheme runs, and you know, they got that explosive with. Uh, I think it was Jones, right? Jones was the one who had the explosive run. Yep, uh, deep on on like power, which is not yeah not really what they do. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that the reason they probably don't do that more is because it doesn't tie into their like play action game. So like it's yep. a run to run, you know what I mean? It's not a run yep. to set up other things. Um, but I mean, they did it and they're, they're getting out of these ball games and they're only going to get healthier. And they called this, you know, the, the toughest defense that they've seen in uh, this season. Um, I probably agree with them, even though San Francisco definitely has some players, you know, Pittsburgh definitely had some players. 
Um, the big thing, Jalen Johnson, he's as good as advertised. I mean, he was yeah. floating with Devontae Adams and he kept him bottled up, you know, for, for a good amount of the game. I mean, it's not like he played perfect. I know Devontae had that one explosive slant and stuff on him, but yep. he looks like a player and good for the Bears for landing that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Adams definitely burned him on a couple of uh, of releases off the line. But yeah, for the most part, um, Johnson was sticking with him. Um, I was going to mention this in, in the offense section, but Adams only had five targets in this game, by far a, a low for this season. Um, I, I can't even remember a game last year where he would have had five or fewer targets. So um, yeah, good on them for for locking him up and, and good on Rodgers for kind of spreading the ball around a little bit when uh, realizing that um adams wasn't you know wasn't constantly open in this game the the skill positions are kind of weird at this point right because you get I, we know who lizard is that's not a question we know who randall cobb is that's not a question but then amari's getting in there every once in a while run jet stuff um equinamia st brown like it seems like they want him to be a jet guy mm -hmm. but he's not i don't he's not as fast as you know tyler irvin was no so I don't understand necessarily you, I guess maybe it's just like they need a guy to do it. And he's the guy who's there, you know, they did. Thing. They used to run maybe just a little bit with MVS, didn't they? Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe that's what they're thinking with, with EQ. I don't know. I, that's, that's all I got. He's better than uh, Geronimo at it. I tell, I tell you that he's better than Geronimo at that one, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd be better than Geronimo at, at jet motion. Yeah. That's who oh boy offensively i think they did a pretty good job though you know mercedes yep. got another big target um at this point i think we got to start questioning like is mercedes tight end one like yeah just all around because you know deguar is not really contributing that much i mean he's for the most part coming in in like two tight end sets and stuff like that and then tanya they try to throw to him again you know in the same type of situation where it's Hey, this one of those man, seam shots, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This man, we're going to try to throw you, you know, either a post or a seam, you're one-on-one -on -one with a linebacker. And it seems like they're, they're getting more return on investment on like DPI calls on that than him actually coming down with the ball. I mean, I guess you could yep. just look at that, you know, see a stat sheet for, for the season long and notice that. But I mean, it's happening in games. It's not like they're not trying to get him the ball and He's just not coming down with that. He, he's costing himself some money this year. I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he could be in line for, for a big extension. Um, Cause this is his restricted free agent year, I think. Right. Yeah. He got tender this off season. So um, yeah, he'll, he'll, if he keeps playing like this, I think he'll be back, but he'll be back on a relatively, you know, cheap two or three year deal. I don't see how you can give him a, a, you know, more than a couple mil per year at this point, based on the production that he's been giving you defensively I thought Dean Lowry played pretty well um there wasn't really that guy to like kind of beat up but he definitely flashed a couple times um they're, they're moving him around more and then Kenny Clark mm -hmm. oh my goodness like jeez I think Agni well, Packing Company slack is a uh, full-blown like hey we, <laughs> we, we're championing the uh Kenny Clark Pro Bowl vote in the same oh, yeah. way that like Devondre and uh Bajorquez and now Kenny's mm -hmm. on the list so now we got three of them yeah, Ken, Kenny's Kenny deserves some all pro votes at this point, the way he's been playing. And it was nice to finally see some of his production turn into sacks, um, getting a couple big ones in, in the fourth quarter. So good on him for uh, for filling up the statue today, as well as, um, you know, putting his stamp on the film. Yeah, LaFleur said that when he went down for a second that he, he felt like he was going to puke. I yeah. was like, you know what, he, that's fair. Just, he wasn't alone. I was yeah. I was worried about that for. Thankfully, uh, was just only missed like two or three plays, I think. So, 
Yeah. Thank goodness. The, the outside backers aren't really given very much. And with Preston Smith out, I, I don't know if we even should expect them to. I mean, once you're down to Jonathan Garvin, Ladarius Hamilton, and then Oren Burks, you know, playing out of position, basically. Yep. Um, I don't know if you could ask for much. But at inside linebacker, I thought it was interesting that uh, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that uh, Jalen Smith was taking Chris Barnes' reps. But I do think that it's interesting that Barnes is now like ILB four on this team. He quickly mm-hmm. went from I'm the starter to I am now the fourth guy in the rotation. It's not like he's not getting snaps. He's still out there on the field every once in a while, but he's just not an every down player. And I think that's kind of a surprise at this point in the season. I mean, it happened so fast. It's October 7th or 17th. Yeah. I mean, Campbell's rise has, I think a huge, obviously a huge amount to do with that now that he's playing every down and, and is the, you know, the signal caller and, um, you know, is playing on all three downs, but, you know, even in some of those, those nickel situations, you're seeing, you know, when Barnes was the guy, him coming off for Burks or, or for, for Jalen Smith. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if there's just, if they perceive some general, I don't know, athletic limitations there for Barnes. I mean, he's a, he's a smart player for sure, but um, I just wonder if they think that the other guys have a little more athletically that they can uh, give this team, you know, maybe in coverage than, than Barnes offers. At corner, I don't know. How, how did you think the corners played? I, I think they played fine for what was asked of them. I mean, we, yeah. we kind of know who Stokes is. Yeah, Adam and Douglas, it's not like they got – it's not like they were getting picked on or anything like that. Justin well, Fields was throwing a lot of good balls too. Yeah, yeah, Yadam. I mean, Yadam deserved to get benched after that first drive that he put up. <laughs> I mean, at, at the very least, put Douglas out there on the second drive, see what he can do. Because I mean, he gave up what the the twenty yarder on the first the first big throw, and then that that DPI to to get him down at the goal line. Um, and it just seemed like the secondary as a whole was more settled and and seemed a little more comfortable uh, with Douglas out there in his place. So um, I, I would I would assume moving forward that you know if if King doesn't come back next week that uh, that Douglas would be the guy to start and so that's good good on Goody for finding him on a on a practice squad and and picking him off of Arizona or wherever the, the heck it was that he was yeah um, he was in he was in Arizona but he had been in like four teams in yeah. like a calendar year or something <laughs> like that yeah let me look he was in uh, yeah he got signed as a ufa with carolina then a ufa with the raiders then signed with houston in august and then the practice squad with arizona in september so he he's been around it's nice he's definitely an nfl player right so it's nice that he finally settled into a spot where he can maybe compete for playing time and maybe he needed a place where he could play outside corner only you know in a situation where they do divorce those kind of slot and outside roles like Green Bay does just for that guy to even have a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see after another week of practice, if Quentin Dunbar ends up playing next week uh, against Washington. Um, and also, you know, again, not to get too much into the weeds on a preview, but um, I'll be curious if they decide to shadow Eric Stokes on Terry McLaurin at all next week. Um, since that's, you know, he's there. They're pretty much their one, you know, true receiving uh, outside receiver threat. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that would be a bad idea. Especially, I mean, even if King is out there, I don't want to see yeah. King one-on-one with Terry. No, no, thank you. Hopefully Savage is fine. I, I really don't know what these other safeties do other than Amos, right? Like Black and Scott just kind of seem like they're there and 
Scott, even when he's healthy, he's he's getting healthy scratches. So yeah. I, I don't know what the plan for him is there. I, I would have thought that, you know, most NFL teams do have four safeties on their game day roster. If for nothing else, then being able to contribute on special teams. And I, mm-hmm. I still think that I'm going to keep championing these uh, preseason takes, but Ennis Gaines was a guy who just, he's a, a bowling ball downhill, um, very explosive. Yeah. You know, even Vernon Scott and uh, Summers, you know, both TCU guys said, you know, if Gaines wasn't hurt his last year at TCU, like it, it wouldn't have been a question if he was going to be drafted or not. Yeah. And the fact that they are able to stash him on their practice squad, I think, they're pretty lucky to be able mm-hmm. to keep a hold of that guy. And I, I still think like at some point they're going to have to use that fourth safety. And it might be a situation where you get that fourth safety and you go a week with that. And then you're like, actually we should just elevate gains, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he might be a better player. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Keep, keep an eye out for that, I guess. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on, on uh, just generally before we get into a uh, vibe yeah, check? Just, I, I loved Rogers John at the fans after the Love touchdown. It. it it was it was fantastic. Um, just seeing the the passion that uh, that he's got and and for this rivalry and um, to kind of bring it home with uh, with a rushing touchdown to to kind of cap it off. Um, it, it's always so obvious that he gets so more so much more amped up when he he runs one in than when he throws a touchdown. Um, it it I find that hilarious, but uh, yeah, that was fun to see him getting pumped up. Um, along the sidelines so kudos to that bears fan lady who flipped him a couple of birds and gave us a great sounder um and we might have to you know see if we can come up with something fun for uh for a t-shirt or something on that one so keep an eye out there yeah it's a lot more fun to run one in than a shovel pass right yeah hey <laughs> i i love the shovel pass so we'll talk about that after the break but uh, that was a fun one all right uh we'll uh, we're taking a break uh for some ads We'll meet you on the other side. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back. All right, offensive vibe checks. You go first. Um, I feel good after this. I'm at like a, I know it's only 24 points, but I'm feeling like an eight just with how balanced this team was. Um, Rodgers didn't miss a throw under 10 yards, I think. I think he was 15 to 15. Um, the running game getting going again, uh, getting a little more diversity in the run game. Um, yeah, I, I felt really good about this performance against this Bears defense. The only thing I'm really hesitant on is still tight end. I know we touched yeah. on that a little bit. You know, Mercedes, obviously, he, he plays his game as well as you can ask for a guy that age, especially. 
But I mean, there's very few tight ends who block better than he does. Uh, the if, big thing is you, just Tanya. If you had to to run Mercedes, have him run at 40 right now, what do you think he would run? Right now? So, right, yeah, right I mean, now. That's, that's the other thing, too, is combine <laughs> training. Like, it messes with all that. I'm, right. Does he does he crack five seconds? No. I mean, no. I don't. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't know if he does. But it's, he's it's still... just so much fun to walk lumber down the sideline on some of those league plays, though. Yeah, he – he sneaks on people. He, they actually had him for availability last week. And he was like, they asked him, you know, do you think about like not getting targeted in the passing game? And he goes, well, no, like, I just kind of want the team to win. And the way I kind of see it is like, if I'm not thinking about it, the defense isn't thinking about it. So <laughs> that nice. just makes me more open. And like, that's great perspective. Comes from uh, what? 16, 17 years in the league, right? Yeah. The savvy vet, the savvy yep. vet. Um. You have here, you know, Alan Lazard shows up. That was yeah, nice. that was good. Um, you got him going early a little bit with uh, there was a I think a big big gain on the first third down opportunity of the game. Um, Rogers hit him on a slant over the middle for about thirteen yards or so, and then um, just that that tremendous uh, little shovel pass down at the goal line. The the creativity uh, of play calling down there for for once near the goal line was was really exciting to see. I think I heard somebody say that. Uh, Adam Stenovich, the O-line coach, was the one who drew that play up. Um, so kudos to him for, for coming up with that. But that one works out so well because you you know Lazard is such a punishing blocker in the run game um, to, to kind of have him, you know, un- coming across the formation looking like he's going to come around and, and be a pulling blocker. Um, it was it was a great design, and uh, it was it was fun to, to see them pound that one in to, to give them an early touchdown. Yeah, and you brought up, you know, Steno maybe being like an offensive coordinator one day, and I had my hesitation just because there, there's not a lot of offensive line coaches who kind of yeah. get that opportunity. But, I mean, the way Rogers talks about him, he's brought it up too. And then if your offensive line coach is drawing up passing plays, like yeah. <laughs> there might be something there. And if that's the case, uh, he might not be in Green Bay for, for very long. Is that is that maybe LaFleur's best assistant coach hire? Um, I know Hackett's done a great job with the offense, um, but just in terms of maybe, maybe position coach hire um, because he came out of nowhere. Um, you know, what assistant offensive line coach in San Francisco, I think. Um, I think a lot of us were expecting him to kind of give James Campen another look when, when he got hired, but uh, what he's been able to do with this offensive line, moving on, moving pieces around the last you know two and a half years, I, I I think he's been tremendous and and has been a big reason for the offensive success. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, we, I think everyone thought, you know, with camping out, I, I thought that that was kind of a move where it's like you just always go and get your guys. There's no mm-hmm. holdover, which I guess no holder offensively, right? The side that you coach on because they did keep petting on the defensive side. Yeah. Um, but I did think, like, hey, man, why, why aren't we keeping camping? He seems very good and qualified at his job. And yep. whenever you can go from that to having no drop off, I think that kind of tells you. How, how good that offensive line hire was. So, yep. yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, offensively, yeah, three or four in the red zone. That was very nice to see. Uh, yes. Not a big Mason Crosby game. Uh, fing- <laughs> fingers crossed that hopefully he can hit that last kick or hit every kick like he hit that last kick instead of uh, the, the beginning ones against the Cincinnati Bengals. But, yep. yeah, I, I don't know if my heart could have taken another Mason Crosby game. <laughs> 
Well, and again, the 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 getting the touchdown drive in the fourth quarter um, kind of saved you from a little bit of um, of heart palpitations late and, and having to potentially rely on the kicking game if you know if the Bears scored a, a field goal to tie it or something. Um, so I, I think that was probably a big. Um, I imagine that drive was a big morale boost for the team. And certainly for, like I said, for me watching um, to, to get that 10 point lead back right away after a, a fairly quick, you know, seven play touchdown drive. Um, that's, that's so many, so many times that that hasn't happened for this team that they've kind of fallen apart in that fourth quarter. So um, that was really good to see. And for all that we talked about, like, you know, the offensive line definitely did have issues. This was a tough matchup and they did have two backups in essentially. Um, I thought they did pretty solid. I mean, for, for who they are, there isn't much more that you could ask from them. It's just, it's going to be tough. Hopefully they're healthier, you know, going into week 17 than they were this week. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it's tough, right? Where it's expectations versus just pure production, right? It's that whole thing. Yeah. And again, the matchup plays into it. Um, Chicago's defense is a damn good damn good group and putting up 150 passing and 150 rushing on them was was a pretty nice uh nice balance today i think i'm gonna be right with you uh eight out of ten i'm I'm going with the vibes uh defensively how are you feeling um i don't know how much i i feel like i can take away from this game um there was again the pass rush was was working kenny is is a monster whether you line him up on the nose or put him you know, put him outside the guard wherever. Um, moving him around has been has been awesome. I'm still I'm still kind of you know five ish, just because again all these injuries. Um, if you get a team, you know, two weeks from now in Arizona, for example, um, I'm going to be terrified as all hell uh, against you know Kyler Murray and, and that receiving core that they have. Um, you can you can get by making a couple of big plays. Um, and, and against a, an offense like Chicago, but um, I have a, a, I'm worried that if some of these guys don't get back on the field in the next two weeks, that uh, they're going to be in for a rude awakening against Arizona. The big thing for me defensively is still the run game, right? 26 carries, 140 yards. Um, some of those were just field scrambles, but you know, Chicago's fourth running back was starting in this game. He's a rookie, first start ever. Um, and he was able to get 97 yards and a score. He didn't have, like, that crazy explosive play. It's just, you know, chippy, 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 chippy all the way down the field. My biggest worry still, and it go, it ties into the depth of, of this front, it's that if your defense can't get off the field, you're going to, you know, have to have rotations in your own drive where – Okay, you know, even if he's not starting, Jonathan Garvin has to come off, come onto the field. He has to in the first quarter because you want Preston Smith's legs to survive the whole game. And if a Kenny Clark does go down, you're going to feel sick to your stomach because they have to win with interior pressure right now. It's just what they have to do. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. And that that depth, especially up front, is is very suspect. I mean, we still haven't seen Heflin get on the field really at all on defense. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's a reason that he's not playing over Tyler Lancaster besides just, you know, they're a little bit of a different position there, but um, I, I still he, would he got to like see three him. snaps one game and yeah. one of them was pretty brutal, but like <laughs> it's a three, three snap sample size. Give, right. give the kid a little bit more than that. 
is yeah. my whole thought. Yep. But again, I mean, we talked about it last week and, and, and I think even the week before that, if Kenny can get one other lineman next to him to, to come up with a couple of nice plays, that's the secret for, for this team. And, you know, get, get a couple of splashes, get some pressure, uh, force a turnover. And, and that's how this, this defense is going to function. So um, it's, it's just, man, turnovers are so streaky and, and you hate to hang your hat on that. Yeah. Um, again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the trade deadline is coming up, right? Yeah. The Packers can't make a move unless Devontae Adams signs a new deal. That's essentially the situation that they're in right now. Yeah. That's why Devontae is in people's Instagram comments saying, call me <laughs> and saying, you know, going on Twitter and saying that he didn't even call and stuff like that. It's, there's a little gamesmanship there. I understand what Devontae is doing. I'm, I'm not against it in any way. It's just, hey, just be aware this is going on. If yep. they do make a trade at the deadline, I feel like it almost has to come in that front seven. And yes. it's obviously not going to come at linebacker. It's going to be either, you know, a defensive end who can get some penetration. Uh, we're talking like three, four defensive end, basically a defensive tackle body, right? Or a pass yep. rusher off the edge. That's what they have to be looking at right now. Um, if they can get that Devonte deal done uh, is yet to be seen. I mean, they don't really do the in-season extensions like that, especially not for big-time deals. Um, usually it happens later in the year, right? I'm trying to think of, like, uh, who was it? Yeah, last it like- last year Bakhtiari got his in, like, November, but that was a weird one. Um, Adam's last deal, and when they when they extended Adams and Lindsley, that was right before week 17 in, like, 2016 or 2017, right. whatever that was, um, to get the, the extra, like, salary cap relief to have the extra and that was like after the, the season was bonus. already over too right that was the season it that was, mccarthy was fired i think um i think it was a year or two before that actually i want to say it was 2017 um but that was the or, or maybe it was even 2016 but yeah to to they got it in the day before week 17 sunday um to to get take advantage of that extra year of spreading out the signing bonuses but other than other than bach last year um which again his kind of came in a weird like november time frame um, I don't remember another another time where they've signed a deal really between week one and you know right before week seventeen for any of their big name guys. A lot of those, I mean, box other deal, Roger, one of Rogers' deals came before week one um, in the last few years. But um, yeah, mid mid middle of the season is a little bit of a weird one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can get that done because they're they're pretty capped out, like actually capped out. I know a lot of people yeah. say like the cap is fake. They have already done so much cap manipulation just to keep this team together that it really is kind of impossible to to get anything done without figuring out Devontae's situation. And if they tag him, I mean, it's only going to be, become more difficult next year too. I mean, that tag I, number is only going to get higher and you can't play with it because it's just a one-year deal. There's no way to kick that salary around. Exactly. And they've, they've already offloaded so much salary into next year's cap. Anyway, you've, you've almost got to do it as an extension where you give Devante a huge roster bonus, you know, in March of next year. And then you just do that with the understanding that that's getting converted to a signing bonus to spread that out over the life of the the deal again, too. Um, That's the only, I think the only structure that, that makes sense to, to unload his cap from this year and next year into 23 and beyond. And I'm okay with it, frankly. If they could figure out oh, a yeah. way, if they could, oh, if they could figure absolutely. out a way to get it done, like just keep Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones together, and keep Jair and Kenny Clark defensively, 
Yep. And then just figure out the rest, like just yeah. figure out the rest, take it as it comes, plan for success, uh, adapt to failure, move, move from there. But just those are your pillars right now. Those are the yeah. guys who, if they leave, it fundamentally changes like how your entire team has to be structured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was defense, right? Uh, let me look if there's anything else. Jalen, how do you feel about Jalen Smith? He looked as advertised. I did not have high expectations coming in. Agreed. I realized he's a flyer. He literally cost them like nothing. He's making the vet minimum right now because Dallas is still paying him money. If they can get anything out of him, even if it's like long-term uh, depth at the position in case of an injury, I think that's good. It's just a weird spot for everyone involved. Cause like now you have McDuffie on the bench, not even active for game day. I think he can contribute on special teams. I don't know what Ty Summers does anymore. Like why <laughs> is he on the roster? And then yeah. Warren Burks and ba- Barnes can play a little yeah. bit. So like, I don't know. It seems like they kind of, they got another Chris Barnes and I don't know if you needed to roster another Chris Barnes or if you have, if you are rostering another Chris Barnes, I don't know if you need Ty Summers. Right. I, I'll be curious to go back and see, cause it looked to me like they did line Jalen up a little bit on the edge, kind of like they did with Burks a little bit. Um, and maybe they think that, you know, having him in there um, gives them that, that extra body to play. Maybe it's only five or six snaps on the edge in a game, but just enough to, again, to, to try to keep Preston fresh, um, keep Gary fresh. So that's the only other thing I think maybe that he gives you that, you know, Chris Barnes doesn't, or um, maybe McDuffie doesn't. That's about all I've got, but yeah, it, it nothing. He didn't flash really. Um, I think he missed a, a tackle out in the flat today. Um, he had one nice pass rush pressure up the middle, I think, but um, a lot of, a lot, most of the rest of the game, he was a non-factor. I'm going to go uh, like light seven defensively. Okay. Um, I just wish they were healthier and I wish yeah. they had more depth because there's, there's some talent out there defensively. I think the structure is perfectly fine. Like cornerbacks sometimes are going to give up weird plays. It happens. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on Devondre just sniffing oh, out that yeah. screen on the goal line. He saw that little diamond formation and was like, uh-huh. there is one thing <laughs> you guys do out of the NFL in this. And it's throw to that guy on, uh, in the back of the diamond, just that quick under center toss out. Mahomes did it. Uh, last week for a touchdown and he just sniffed it out got a tfl they gave up the touchdown the next play but at least he was able to extend the drive a little bit and i feel like that's all we're asking for with this red zone defense at this point is just extend it just a little part part of my french but sooner or later an offense is going to have to trip over their own dick and just mess something up right like it's it's got to happen at some point that a drop in the end zone on third down or you know, uh, they almost had it with a bad holding penalty that pushed him back out of the red zone. And then Fields comes back and, and um, is able to, to pick up the first down and, and they get a touchdown out of it. So even just for, for no other reason that the offense does something dumb or, you know, flubs a snap or something, it's got to, this streak has got to end sometime. <laughs> I think that streak might end uh, with the Washington football team and Taylor yeah. Haneke. I, uh-huh. I think that might be the uh, magic concoction. Yep. Yep. I, I would, uh, I would feel pretty good about that. Um, special teams wise, there wasn't actually a lot of special teams in this game, which is kind of no. weird, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess when you're, you go three or four, 
in the red zone, your your kicking team doesn't have to be out there very much, and you're not punting that much, uh, especially yeah. when you're playing, you know, under 60 snaps total. Um, but Jorquez, you have here, 82-yard bomb. That was great. Oh, I my wish, God. <laughs> I wish that wouldn't have been a touchback. That's the only thing. Uh, yes. If it had somehow, like, stopped and, and taken a really a really nice bounce, like, at the five-yard line, that would have been fantastic. But just even – I said in the Slack chat, you got a 62-yard net on a ball that goes for a touchback. I mean – that's come on that's insane pro bowl vote uh yeah yeah it seems seems like uh that weird punt that he had last week was definitely an anomaly and that's yeah that's just nice to see um that that's not going to consistently happen because that one definitely uh shook up shook my leaves a little bit Mm -hmm. uh pat field goals were fine um weird non-fair catch punt return yeah so shamar john charles was out there as the gunner opposite of who was out there? Because Malik Malik was gone. Was it Winfrey? I think it was Winfrey. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that like immediately was Shamar was out there, and he that's not usually what he's playing. He plays some vice stuff, which is like mm. the uh the corner basically who winds up opposite of the gunner on, on punt return. Um, but he went down there. It was a he was right in the guy's face, thought, thought he was gonna force a fair catch, and then Buddy probably got you know a lot of that those yards were lateral, but he probably got 40 yards uh, of, mm-hmm. of run on the play. Um, it only ended up being like a 10 yard gain or something like that, but he let a guy loose. Can't yeah. let a guy loose. I, I, I don't know if it was just assuming that, that the fair catch had been called or, or what the hell happened, but that was one of the weirdest looking plays that I've seen in a while. So I think the other thing to note is we actually had a couple of Amari Rogers appearances. He had a 16 yard punt return today. So that was his first nice actual productive play on special teams so good good job Amari you justified your roster spot for uh for one week at least I think he had a catch for like eight or ten yards or something on offense too so yeah, that wasn't bad but um at least he wasn't a a complete waste of a roster spot for this game yeah it's nice seeing him get downhill hopefully he can keep building on that and oh there was one talking about putting Cobb out there yeah there was one brain fart on special teams though and that was the Kylan Hill uh like slapped to the face um, on either a punt or a kickoff coverage. Um, so don't, don't smack people, Kylan. <laughs> That's bad. That's all I got. <laughs> the, the Shamar thing. I wonder if like that gets better with reps. I, I mean, cause he was playing uh sunbelt ball, right? Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm sure NFL punt returners are more aggressive than sunbelt punt returners. I wonder how <laughs> long that learning curve of like, understanding like is he gonna fair catch or not but i mean he was right in his face if i were a bears fan in that moment i would have been yelling at my punt returner for a catch yep absolutely well yeah i think it was it was shamar and i think there was one other guy that was within two or three yards too um i don't know who who the other packer was but um yeah not not fair catching that was a shocking decision and (laughs) this guy's lucky it worked out for him yeah i know robert was saying uh Jakeem Grant returned a punt from like five yards into the end zone <laughs> yeah. last week. And I, I brought it up to him on, on the, on the uh, preview intercepted uh, last week, but it reminds ever since Kristen Michael, I've yep. always been worried about guy who has to prove something returning any kick because that guy just wants film out and I understand it, but you can't put him in that position because yep. he's going to return every damn thing. That was a great callback. Um, I, I, I remember that one clear as day when when 
he he had a couple of you know one or two games stretch where yeah anything that touched his hands he was returning no matter what so <laughs> the cowboys one is just burned into my retinas I'll yeah. down i'll be <laughs> in my deathbed and you'll be like do you remember that chris and michael return against the cowboys i'll be like let me tell you every detail <laughs> it just it can't i can't shake it out of my head um special team so i'll say you know that shamar john charles play it definitely was weird so i don't want to knock him down too much for that um Let's just go. Yeah, let's go seven. I feel like seven is fair. They didn't do anything extraordinary. Uh, they got the job done. They they didn't look like fools. They didn't make me look like fools. I never had my head in my hands at any yeah. point during special teams. So I'll take that as like an average. Yep. Yeah. Seven's about where I'm at too. Uh, there, there were no um, big momentum changing kickoff returns allowed after a Packers touchdown. So um, hit all your kicks, punt well you know, mostly cover, cover fine. So yeah, seven seems about right. All right. So we touched on all of them. Um, keep it in tune with Acme Packing Company tomorrow. We'll probably have updates on uh, Myers's injury, Preston's injury, Savage's injury. Oh, I wish there were fewer injuries, but yeah, <laughs> this is indeed. the world we live in now. Yep. Well, and uh, the, the one plug, I think we are, we are working on a, uh, and a, I still own you t-shirt with, uh, with our t-shirt partners. So if you want uh, to get in on that, uh, keep an eye out Monday or Tuesday, we'll have something. And as always, we, uh, we donate our proceeds from uh, those t-shirt sales to charity. So get in on a good cause there as well. Yeah. And I've, I've seen it. I, if the NFL PA clears it, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm it's buying great. it. There's no doubt. It's amazing. The, des- the design's awesome. So yeah, keep, keep an eye out for that for sure. Yeah. Get them, get them before it has that little red sold out banner underneath it. Cause I think they're going to fly like hotcakes. Yep. All right, guys. uh, Keep it tuned in to uh, the feed. Keep it tuned into the site. Um, We'll keep you guys posted throughout the week. And thanks. Do it. Go Petco. More to do's, less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.